0: Jason and Ashley this morning because he'd written me midweek and said so we've been here two Sundays and two Sundays we've done testimonies is that pretty much what we do here and I said well no you know that was just the irony of your timing you know you came on New Year's Day when we always kind of do testimonies and then you know after this incredible passion trip last weekend it it just seemed right to the pastor and to the leadership to let them share I said next Sunday next Sunday Pastor Dale be here talking about the heart of the matter. So I went and said, well, the good news is it's not testimonies, you know, maybe now it's so the good news, it's, it's me, it, that's like, but it says it's like a carrot, see, we just keep, if, you know, you'll come back a fourth Sunday because you think you might actually get to hear Pastor Dale, so that was good, I'm, I'm glad for you all to be here this morning. Hey, I need to tell you, the heart of the matter, uh, the heart of God is not what I'm going to be preaching on this morning, or talking about, or whatever it is I do up here. It's going to be more a better life and a better hope. Um, last Sunday, if you were here, you got to hear some incredible testimonies from some of our young adults who had just returned from a Passion Conference. They were very uh, energized and enthusiastic and on fire in all the phrases that we use you know, when someone experiences something that's just incredible like that. And I was excited for them. I really, really was. I loved. I stayed both services, heard all eight testimonies. It was incredible. But I went home, and I'm at a place in my life, and you get to share the journey with me. I I went home, and God's been working with me, and he and I have been having some conversations. and, And I thought, those young people had been working up to the Passion Conference to have a better life don't we all look for a better life they're going to school or they finish school and they're trying to do good in their jobs or, because i just want a better life whatever a better life might be defined as it might be a house it might be a job it might be a trip it might be a, a mate maybe it's a you know children that behave you know that would all those things make for a better life and i thought they'd already been pursuing a better life now they went to passion and they got all stirred up and now They're going to have a better life in Jesus. And I sat at home by myself last Sunday and said, and Lord, please don't let them have a better life in Jesus. Now you hold on to that for a while, and I'll tell you why. We all are in pursuit of a better life, and I don't think there's anything wrong with those innately. Okay, I I want... I want Vic to have a, a good and successful job and someday a happy retirement, okay? Uh, yes. I want Shelly to stay healthy so she can enjoy that awesome retirement with Vic, okay? Uh, I want so much for you that your life be better. I want young people that come on Sunday evenings. I want them to... To just be uh, excited about Jesus and discover Jesus. And and I want the children that are back there to have an an incredible time this morning, singing and learning about. I want that. I want a good life for you. And and I think God wants that. I want a good life for me. I think to some degree, God wants that. The challenge for me and what I've been wrestling with is that, that when I when I am determined to make life work, here, here, when I am determined to make life work, I'm probably going to be miserable pursuing the better life, even the better Christian life, whatever. The, I just want to be a good Christian. I have no idea what that phrase means, Okay. Um, But so I I want to share with you this morning that I I think that sometimes you and I, as believers even, fall subject to the error of of this belief, okay? Um, It's an assumption I think we live by that you're probably not even aware necessarily that you live by, but here it is, okay? If I just do A, however many A's there may be. If I just do A, I'll get B. See how simple that was? If I just do A, I'm virtually guaranteed to get B. Wow, that's great, okay. And, And so we apply it to here, if I just go to school and I get a job and I work more than everybody else, then I'll be able to afford a big house. And wouldn't it be great if life really worked out that way in all the arenas of life? You know, if I, if, if I just don't eat too much salt and I don't eat too much fat and I don't eat gluten and I don't eat, okay, then I'll live to be as old as Vic. <laughs> see? I, I, I see my friend John Buck back there. You know, I, I think of Terry, who's in the hospital with this leg up in. In pins and, and wires and stuff, I'm sure Terry thought, you know, if I if I just eat well and exercise well and love Jesus and go to church and take care of John, I will never end up in the hospital with a broken tibia. The pins and the pins in Terry's leg just, by the way, this is no value at all to you, okay? But the pins in Terry's leg each cost two hundred fifty-six dollars a piece. Isn't that right, John? 286, 286 apiece. Okay? John says to the doctor, so when you take those pins out of her leg, do you put them in the autoclave so they can be used again? And the doctor said, no. John says, then I want them in a bag. I paid for them, I want them. You go, John. Okay. But if I just do this, then I'll be guaranteed that. And so we we spend a lot of our times doing things in pursuit of and hoping that I get my B. Does life work out that way? Not at all. Not at all. Life is full of I do A, 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 A. I go to school, I get the job, I work harder than everybody else, I work extra hours, and, and Tom Denton gets the promotion. And I can't afford my house. Because that's the reality, right? I'm a high school girl, I put on my face, I dress nice, I smile a lot. I'm going to get the captain of the football team. No, doesn't usually work out that way sometimes, but not always. But we find ourselves thinking that. We even do it in the spiritual realm sometimes. I want to be more spiritual. Okay, goal, spiritual, um, steps, mm, let's see, uh, quiet time, read my Bible. Then, and if I do all these things, well, then I'm going I'm to feel and be more spiritual. How's that been working for you? Not so good for me over the last 65 years. I I have a crisis with my daughter. I would really, I just wanted so much to resolve. What what can I do? Oh, I I uh, I can research a good counselor. I can get her into counseling. I can have people pray for her. And then she's gonna come out great. No, not necessarily. And I'm gonna overcome my sexual addiction. that's what I'm going to do I'm going to get into a group a recovery group of men who are going to hold me accountable and and encourage me and I'm going to read the scripture and wow and you know what I've actually you know addiction is not sexual addiction is not such a big deal in my life well see it didn't work out that time none of that is good none of that is good now, where did we ever get the idea it was going to work that way? Oh, from God. Deuteronomy 29 9. Therefore, says God, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all you do. See, now we're going to even bring it into the spiritual realm. If I go to the, to the book and if I just do the commandments, if I just do A, 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 God promises B how's that working for you? That was the Old Testament way. That was the belief they, they worked under, okay? Uh, and it was incredible. If I, it was, if I just do, then God will bless. You got to skip down a verse or two and it says, and if you don't do, <laughs> I'm going to smash you. Uh, we don't want to talk about that one. We'll talk about this one. If I do, 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 everything in my life will prosper and it will be good. On the basis of that, we believe, sometimes we believe that there are some A's to be done to get to a B. When I got the call this morning, you know, to, to preach, I said, aha, there are some A's to be done in order to get the B. What's the B? The B is a message that that meets some needs, perhaps even inspires you, uh, challenges someone to come to a relationship with Jesus. That's the B. I've got to do the A's. Think, 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 prep, prep, read, read, read. And surely the exciting thing about that is that I don't have time to do a whole lot of A's. Man, you got to look at the mess of these notes to get there. But I'm still, my first thought was, I need a B. I need to accomplish a B here. Arthur. Love you, Arthur. Arthur is determined, there he is, sitting there, love it. Arthur is determined to have the most, his, what's his B? His B is that when you came this morning for worship, you got inspired and led to the throne of God and all of who you are was singing. That's why he says, let's just, your voices, I don't want to hear the instruments because he wants to see if his B is coming out good. No, Arthur's too, too good to do it. And so Arthur spends a lot of time thinking about what are all the A's I need to do to get the best worship? I need to pick out certain people. We need to pick certain songs. We need to blend them together. We need to practice, and then we'll get, and that's good. I think God likes that, okay? But it has. It may not be good for Arthur to do that. He'll do the same thing in youth. Okay. He, 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 wants to, he wants those young people to learn about Jesus, to live committed lives, and so he's going to get the best people he can get. He's going to look at curriculums. He's going to line up music again, he's gonna prepare messages to get a B. And maybe he'll get some of those and maybe he won't. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And even in the spiritual realm, working very, very hard to do the right A's to get my allegedly guaranteed B becomes my whole focus. And because I'm reading the Bible and doing spiritual things, it's a good focus. I don't have to question it. No, I think we do. I think that the more Arthur possibly, not. Okay, I know Arthur really pretty well, but I think the more Arthur does a whole bunch of A's to get to the B and you walk out of here this morning going, wow, what a great song service, Arthur may be getting farther and farther away from God with every B that he accomplishes. And that's not what God wants at all. And God, so God likes good music, God likes good worship, God likes good youth groups, God likes uh, uh, an adequate message, but, but if it takes Jim and Arthur and Randy and so farther from God, then I don't know that it's very pleasing to God. Because see, he, God talks about the old way and the new way in Hebrews. He says, I've changed my focus. Since Jesus came and redeemed you from sin, now I want you to be reading Hebrews 7, 18 and 19. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside. Okay, the law, the old way of doing things. The Jewish system and mentality that said, if we just do the A's, God is guaranteed and has promised to give us the B's. And the Hebrew writer says on behalf of God, on the one hand, a former command, do A, get B, is set aside because it's weakness and it's uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope, ooh, not a better life, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. There is something that God wants much more in Arthur's life than good music on a Sunday morning. God wants Arthur to draw nearer to God. And if Arthur's over here being God's man, only focused on A's in order to get the B, he is not drawing close and closer to God. The old way of doing business, I just do a bunch of A's, I get a B, he says, God says, I did away with that. In Jesus Christ, now there's a better hope, and it's, it's a hope that allows you to draw near to me, which is what I want more than anything else. But wait a minute. I thought the A and B thing is the way life worked. Isn't that the way life works? Yep. Nicodemus was a man of the Pharisees, a teacher of the law. One night in John 3, he comes to Jesus. Now, what's, what's, you know, what's a Nicodemus do all day? What's a Pharisee do all day? A Pharisee sits around all day and thinks up A's. Here's a new A that God's given us. Here's another A so that you can get B. Okay? Right. Greg, if I want you to be more holy, then, uh, let's see, God would want you to not walk this far on the Sabbath, and he wouldn't want you to pick up that. That's what Nicodemus did. He, did. he just generated A's. So he comes to Jesus and said, Jesus... We know you're a man sent from God because no one can do what you're doing except he was sent from God. And he probably wanted Jesus to say, and man, I've I've heard of you too. You are really smart. And instead Jesus says, you've got to be born again. No, 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 I came to talk about A's and B's. Jesus said, no, I didn't come. I'm not going to talk about A's and B's. A's and B's are done. You must be born again. It's the initiative of the Father. It's the pain of the Father. It's the work of the Father. It has nothing to do with you. But but I live on A's and B's, yeah. You must be born again, or you'll never see the kingdom of God, Uh uh-oh. Things radically changed at at that moment in our journey. And yeah, we may look at our experiences of life and say, well, if I do A, I get B. Greg Proctor, okay, he's in the pool this morning, baptizing London. Don't you know that, that Greg has worked really, really hard to instill and to model and to love London and to provide her with a safe place and all that stuff. Oh, man, I know, Greg. I know I know that's what he's doing. And now he gets to baptize his daughter in the pool and he's really excited about it. And somewhere inside of him is, see, it worked. I did the A's. I got the B. And Greg's a little proud of himself. Yeah, did the A's. I got the B. Not necessarily by being closer to God, but about... Look how it turned out pretty well. So when it when we do the A's and we get the B, we get kind of prideful. My my kid's not in jail. Na, 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 na. <laughs> I've got a retirement from the navy. I've got a good job. I've actually got money in savings. That's because I tithe. I've tithe all my life. I did all the A's. God's given me the B's. Mm, Well, maybe. Okay, so what happens when the law doesn't work? What happens when I do all the A's and I don't get the B's? Well, then I go back and think, I must not have followed it. Well, I must not have done the right A's. Or I need to do the A's harder. Or I... So first we go back and say, I need to work more. I need to... To make this life work, I need to do, I'm not feeling very spiritual, I needed to sign up for three more Bible studies. So sometimes we say, well, I didn't do all the right A's, or I need to do these A's harder. Sometimes we step back and say, I I did all the A's, apparently I'm not worth getting the B. I've done them for God, but there's something about who I am that means I don't get the B, or just, what's the matter with you, God? I did all the A's and you're not to be trusted. It's sometimes what we experience, we wouldn't say it out loud, but it's what we experience in our lives. I work at Journey Ministries. I listen to people talk all day long about things that they would like to be better. I would like a better marriage. I would like better children. I would like, I would like, I would like. And they come hoping that I'm going to give them a bunch of A's spiritual A's, of course, okay, that they can go do in order to get the B in their in their lives. But they're not even aware that they're doing that. That they're pursuing a better life in and of their own strength, all but taking God onto the end of it. A woman who comes because her husband committed adultery and has divorced her would sit in my office and say, What what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? I, I must not have done the A's right because look at the B that resulted. I look pretty good. My Medicare card goes into effect in three weeks. <laughs> Bonus. You know, I look pretty good for a man of my age. And of course, I'm highly spiritual because I'm a pastor. I work in the children's ministry. I do a counseling ministry. I've been married 45 years. I have two beautiful children. I am a shiny, bright red apple. Little do you know that there's a worm inside. You bite into this apple, a few bites down, you may be surprised at what you get. See, I came to an awareness last weekend in this that I I think my God is a big vending machine. Yep, there he is. I doubt any of you would say that out loud. In fact, I, I actually doubt that many of you believe that is the case. Which is exactly why I was in such a conundrum last weekend. I didn't even write a weekly article, a blog article like I usually do because I was busy, me and God having some conversations uh, about my decades, and I got a bunch of them, decades-long pursuit of the better life at the expense of a more intimate relationship with God, one that is primarily about him getting glory in and through my life. God saved me by his grace through the sacrifice of Jesus, allowing me to be adopted into his family and called his son, 1 John 3.1. See what kind of love the father has given to Jim that he should be called a child of God, and so Jim is. Ah. And so I'm aware of the cost of my salvation, and I'm eternally thankful for the initiative of God, and it really was the initiative of God, to rescue me, and I'm endeavoring by his grace to have a more meaningful relationship with him, but I have become increasingly aware that I am a bratty, self-seeking son who has subtly embraced a sense of entitlement with my Heavenly Father forgetting that there is absolutely nothing in or about me that warranted his mercy, I realized that in my inmost being, I think, and I've thought for a long time, that he owes me because I'm his adopted son. So I come to God. Back to my vending machine there, please. I come to God, my ultimate vending machine, and I drop in four quarters. Kink, I go to church. Kink, I help in children's ministry. Kink, I lead a small group. Kink, I give regularly. And then I wait for the can of blessing to drop into the bin. See me? Kink, 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 kink. And sometimes a can comes out, and sometimes a can doesn't come out. And I go, Wait a minute, God. Four quarters. I put in the four quarters. Where's my can of blessing? Oh, I bet the price went up. Okay, pull out another quarter. I I preached the sermon this morning in Dale's absence. Okay, now the can of blessing will come out. And the can of blessing sometimes comes out, and sometimes it doesn't. But that's not important. What is important is that I've got this mentality that says that blessings should be because I do and God says nope not always necessarily going to be that way because if you just kept dropping in quarters and i kept dropping out blessings you would think that was all about you and you wouldn't need anything to do with me blessings you know, Jim what are you talking about I said well here's what I'm talking about i, I I would like blessings in my life. I had a bee this morning when pastor called me. Here's the bee. am gonna to have to work, I wanna work really, really hard, really, really quickly using all the stuff that God's given me and I wanna share a message that afterwards people come up and say, that was a great message. See, I already know what my B is. My B is, I would sure like to be recognized. Little, little pat on the back would be good, okay? I, that's my B. And so when the call came to 6.30, I was diligently going A, 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 marking, marking, reprint, mark, mark, A, A, A. And God said, what are you doing, Jim? What have you and I been doing for the last two weekends that you forgot to just sit down and say, why are you letting this happen in my life? Oh, because you would like me to actually sit down with you for a while. But what if I don't have time to get the A's all done, I won't get the B. And he says, I don't care if you get the B. I would rather sit with you for a while. You know, there are a lot of blessings in my life Uh, blessings from him show up regularly, but you know, again, sitting in reflection, I subconsciously attribute that to my four quarters, not his ongoing grace and his desire to bring glory to himself. And if the expected can of blessing does not show up, I either put in more quarters, I must try harder, or I walk away confused, what does he want? or I kick and rock the machine until I get my can of blessing. Because I can see it and I deserve it. And I rock God. Many years ago when Debbie and I had been married seven years and Debbie had put all the right quarters into the vending machine of marriage. They were God quarters, okay. I, first, there were the the practical quarters. You know, I I I give him a good house. I, I feed him wonderfully. I, I you know, I, I I I Jim, and then there was the God thing. I I pray regularly for Jim, and I I work in church, and I teach children Sunday school. And man, Debbie had quarters in that machine like crazy. That should have guaranteed, or at least given her a high expectation of a good quality, solid marriage B. And instead, Jim committed adultery. Now, here's the challenge. Debbie was probably tempted, like many of us are, to go, oh, I I put the wrong quarters in. I didn't put enough quarters in. There's something wrong with me that I don't deserve the blessing. Or God just doesn't care about me. That's a, that's the temptation. And when we're in the we're in the when we're in the mentality of I want a better life. I even want a better life in Jesus. Then we, when things the bees don't show up, we start looking at the quarters. Debbie put all the right quarters in there, and she still got me. And I'm really glad that Debbie didn't go back and search her purse and under the cushions for more quarters to put in the machine. Instead, Debbie went and sat with Jesus. And said, you're all I have. Do you want to spend time with me? You don't need to fix him. That would be nice if you did. But I just need to spend time with you. Because you're all I have. And I think Jesus said, this is great. I love this. I had a new reading last, last weekend of the, of the story, the parable of the prodigal son found in, in Luke uh, the 15th chapter, you, you probably remember the story that Jesus tells. Uh, the young son comes to the father, give me my inheritance, he gets his inheritance, he goes off, he lives riotous living, he loses it all, he, de- he determines that I could live better as a slave at home than out here, goes home determined to, to just be a servant, not a son, and there's the father running down the road saying, you're alive, you're alive, you're alive! I just want to be with you. I realized that at the moment when the son asked for his inheritance, here's what he was fundamentally, in essence, saying to his father. Because we already know from the end of the story that the heart of the father was, just spend time with me. Just be with me. I don't want you to go. I want you to sit at the table every night and let's share stories. I I want you to come, you know, drink a beer with me here in the, you know, in the, in the den and talk about how life went today. I, I just want to spend time with you. And the son said, I don't want you. And I don't want to spend time with you. And I don't, no, I haven't got time. That's not what I want. But here's what I do want I want what you have to give me. Ching, ching. And I realized, my goodness a good portion of my life, and continuing on to some degree. I'm telling God, thank you for saving me, but I really don't want to spend an incredible amount of time with you, because amongst other things, that means I haven't got time to do all the A's I have to do to get my B's. I'm no better than the prodigal son. And the heart of God for you and I today is Would you just come be with me? I need to stop believing on any level of who I am that all the amazing blessings of my life, and there are many, have anything to do with my quarters. Or that God owes me blessing based on what I do for him. God owes me nothing. And he's already done more than I could ever, ever, ever deserve. So the group that goes to Passion and they get all excited for Jesus and that was three days spent close to the heart of God. God said, come come right here. Come right here. I I don't need you to do anything. I just just want... And they said, worthy, worthy. They worshiped. It was great. Give me the Galatians scripture, please. And I'm just concerned that... And, this, and that they get the idea that, wow, if, if I could have a better life on my own effort, imagine how good it's going to be when the vending machine of God is in my life. And Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected, or seeking to be perfected, by the flesh? Are you caught up in doing the A's to get the B's of life to seek a better life? Debbie went and sat with Jesus and got a better hope, because there was no point in putting any hope in me. There was no point in her putting any hope in herself because she was not in control of that situation in any way, shape, or form. Instead, God said, here, come sit in my lap, little girl, and put your hope in me. And it was the better hope of a relationship with God that allowed some really good blessings to occur in her life and in my life. Is the pressure getting to you? Do you try to make everything work only to find that your best efforts are largely ineffective? We as Christians have unknowingly embraced two errors, that following the rules guarantees a good life and that God is important because he dispenses blessings. And when God's blessings seem to taper off and when life doesn't work out, Well, we we tend to take it upon ourselves to make it work. And that creates a pressure that God never intended for our lives. God does not guarantee ease or convenience or even a good outcome as a result of your obedience. But he does promise himself, no matter what the circumstance of life, when you and I seek God and nothing else, the pressure is truly off. Let's pray. God, I have no idea what you're gonna do with that. It's so ironic sometimes, at least in my journey with you, that you, you often have me or give me opportunity To share a message that is one I need to hear it's one that I need to say out loud so that it becomes more concrete it's one that I need to speak in a public domain so that someone like Randy Heppner or Jerry Sharpless or John Malloy come alongside me and say, Brother Jim, boy, you're involved in lots of good stuff going on. Good things happening there. You seem to be effective here. God seems to be blessing you there. But Jim, how much time have you just sat, spent sitting with God? well, well, you know, I was really busy because this and that, and I needed to do the A's to get the B's and to have those men say to me, I'm concerned for you, brother. Let me pray that you understand that God is not a vending machine and that he wants nothing more than a relationship with you and that seeking the better life even the better Christian life, whatever that means, may be drawing you farther from God. Come home, Jim, come home. Lord, if there's anyone who sits in this room this morning, I want to be really clear with them, Lord, that placing their trust in you is the most awesome thing they could ever, ever do. Maybe because blessings untold will occur, but it's most awesome because it removes all the barriers from coming to sit on daddy's lap. If there's someone who needs to sit on daddy's lap this morning, I would invite you while we stand and sing to come talk to me in Jesus' name. Let's stand together, please.